Sports and Sports Illustrated. Josh Cloak is here. Josh, come on, can we welcome him? All right, all right. See, Josh, I gotta be honest, I like you already because you drink the IPA. Oh, really? Okay. Hey, you know what? Happens to the best of us. Watch out for the IPA from Mill Street as well. It's 6.2%. So if you get Ca greasy later on, we you. know why. And one more intro. All right. Joe, don't forget Joe. It's no Joe. bone shaker, though. It's what, sorry? It's no bone shaker. Oh, uh-oh. Don't, don't say that. Mill Street's anyway. here. You, you can't do that. No, no, no. It was right. nice of them You're to right. come You're by. Right. It's great beer. I did. All right. We're, we're starting off on a tricky note here with the beer. Don't forget Josh's co-host, Carly, Joe Pack. Yeah, Come on, we got to get Joe Pack up here. I know. Here. I got, I'm, I'm looking at I, I want to build it up for Joe Pack. Let's hear it for Joe Pack before he comes Joe up. Pack. Welcome, Joe. Joe Pack, JP. Now, i got to be honest with you. Joe's drinking the organic, but that's okay. We're so right. happy that he's here. He's a Sportsnet guy. He also contributes to the Slapshot Diaries. Joe, welcome to the stage. Enjoy Joe, your organic. And Joe's going with the Mill Street organic, 4.2%, a lot more family-friendly. All right. It's uh, free, all right? It's free. Before you guys get into your beer too much here, um, may I bring out the gentleman who's going to be joining you? Uh, no. We're going to show a clip, actually, first. Are you? And then we'll All introduce right. him. Take it Sorry, away. Carly. How about Let a hand rip. for uh, Carly and Ken? Carly Agro, ladies and gentlemen. Joe. Welcome. Thanks for coming. How are you, Joe? Good. How are you, Josh? 4.2%, hey? Look, man. <laughs> it's free. I grabbed it. It was the first thing I saw. I'm working here. Are we? You. I, I, I am sort of working. Uh, Joe and I do the Puck Talks Live podcast. Uh, well, we're doing that tonight. We do the Puck Talks podcast once, twice a week. Tonight, episode 10. So wow. there you go. Uh, what we want to kind of start with, for those of you who are the one person out there that, that put their hand up that listens, uh, is episode 8, uh, Any Given Season. Joe, tell us about Any Given Season. Oh yeah, just briefly, we've started to do a little retrospective on past NHL seasons. We started with the 2003-04 season, which was a heavy one. A dark season. It involved the Todd Bertuzzi incident, and uh, we have some Todd Bertuzzi stuff to talk about tonight. But first, we're going to introduce uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight and our guest. Uh, we got excited when we saw that at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival this year, uh, there was a hockey film, uh, two actually, but as, as soon as I saw this, I thought we have to get this guy at Puck Talks. Uh, the film is Hello Destroyer. Uh, the director is Kevin Funk, who's with us uh, here tonight. And uh, just briefly, he'll give us a description. Uh, the film is about an on-ice uh, incident of violence and the fallout. How the team, how his coach, how his billet family uh, deals with him after the fact. He's not the victim, but he is the player who sends a player headfirst into the boards, and, uh, and most of the film is uh, dealing with the fallout of that. So we're gonna show a clip uh, to start, and then we'll bring out our guest. There are, um, there's a few hockey films out there. Uh, there's a few good hockey films out there. There's only one great hockey film out there, but I've always felt that hockey what? films- For another podcast. Um, I've always felt that hockey films are, are divided into the kind of comedic Disney type, or sorry, the comedic and the Disney rah-rah type. Uh, and what's great about Hello Destroyer is it, it falls into neither of those categories. This is probably the first actual compelling hockey film I've ever seen. Uh, it's, it's dark. 
It's a dark film. It's, it's tough to take, but it's uh, it's a beautiful film and it's uh, it's fantastic. Why don't we uh, bring, bring on him our out. guest? Welcome, Kevin Funk. Thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. This is a real treat for us. Hey, my pleasure. I'm excited. So, Kevin, you've been doing press all week as part of TIFF? Yeah. 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 Um, first things first, I'm going to ask you the question that you've probably been asked a thousand times. Uh, for the good Puck Talks fans out there, can you give us a brief synopsis of the film? Yeah, sure. So... The film is about a young um, major junior hockey player uh, in northern BC who um, ends up, um, he's, so, he's sort of a third, fourth line type guy, bit of a quiet kid, excuse me, um, ends, up, uh, ends up sort of severely injuring uh, another player in game. Um, and it, it's a bit ambiguous in the game as to whether it's a bit of a dirty play or just kind of an, an accidental hit. Um, as so many hits these days are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and after the, the we really sort of focus on the fallout of this event on, on the kid who, on Tyson, who actually injured the other kid. And he sort of becomes this pariah and is ostracized from the, the town and, and his teammates. And it's kind of his struggle to find an identity for himself outside of this world that is, has been his whole world up until then. So he's a rookie. I was wondering uh, when watching the film, are, is he 16, 17? No, we're, we, we want him more in the sort of... That's why we... Originally, we were going to do Junior A, but that we bumped it up to... Um, we bumped it up to uh, uh, Major Junior. Um, so he'd probably be a little bit older in there. Um, but uh, it was actually one of those weird things because Jared, I wrote the film for, and Jared's like 28. He's right. a pretty baby face. So we are like trying to push the age up as, as far as we could. It's interesting that, that you went the Major Junior route because... When I saw the film, I kind of thought, well, this, they could have done, or you could have done this film about an NHL player. And because when these kind of hits happen in the NHL, um, you know, we, we don't look into what happens afterwards with the guy that delivers the hits. Um, and, and that's kind of the point here is that there are so many incredible stories in sports, in hockey. And you were telling us backstage that you grew up a hockey fan. You know, you're a film director as well. These are two kind of groups of people that are at odds. I think a lot of people out here would agree that you know, you, you go to high school, you have you have the jocks and you have the artists. Um, so I was in both groups. I was lucky to be too. Yeah. Well done, guys. <laughs> um, so, like, you tell us, um, how do you kind of bridge that gap between you know making a really for lack of a better term, artistic film uh, ab about hockey. How do you bridge the gap between art and sports? And, and also, why don't you think artists and filmmakers don't mine you know, sports more often for compelling stories? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a problem that, th that there are things that are separated and maybe it comes back to like as, as simple as like the basic high school group, group um, sort of the way they, they divide. I mean, I went to a really small school, so it was, that's why it was easy for me to be like an athlete and an artist because you weren't divided um, that much in terms of the groups that you hung out in. Um, and I mean, I think maybe part of the reason people don't explore these things as much is because when we think of sports movies, we think of more like 
Mighty Ducks or Space Jam. I don't know. Well, uh, hold nothing well, against those films. I love I love both those movies. Yeah, watch them a lot. As uh, you but, should. But if you're if you're someone who's going to make like auteur-driven films, I think that they just don't pop into your head. But I think it's actually a huge blind spot because I, I think uh, I actually think in like sort of cultural and critical theory. Um, the way that we ignore athletics is and sports is really problematic because there's nothing that I would argue that there's nothing that has more cultural power than sport uh, in terms of the way that it dominates our lives and and the way that people um, engage with it like emotionally like it is such a pervasive thing and I think that yeah like I think like in this sort of more like artistic uh, like intellectual sort of discourse it's, it, it's really a big blind spot and I think that's a bit problematic and it's something that I've always been super interested in. So the, the film's about you know an on-ice accident uh, it's, it's a hit from behind that leads to a severe injury uh, so often when this happens especially in the NHL for, for a lot of the, uh, the folks that are here uh, tonight who, who are familiar and follow along uh, the, the focus and rightfully so is so often on the victim of the hit uh, and uh, and like I said, rightfully so, that's where it should be. But this story is about what happens to the person who uh, deals the hit and, and what happens to him uh, through his family, his friends, even his billet family. Um, now, this was, this was quite reminiscent of me of a couple of things in hockey history, and I discovered that your favorite player growing up was Todd Bertuzzi. Still is my favorite player all Still time. is your favorite. Yes. <laughs> and from Vancouver and all of that. So uh, I would just love to hear uh, whether it was a connection uh, between the Bertuzzi story and this one, uh, what influences are there, and what, what makes uh, the Todd Bertuzzi story and him uh, as, a, as an agent in that incident in 2004 so compelling to you? Yeah, um, I mean, this is not the Todd Bertuzzi story. There's a lot of stuff that is very, very different than that incident. Um, But, you know, being a, like I grew up a Canucks fan, and so being a Canucks fan and a fan of Todd Bertuzzi, that incident was something that always resonated with me. And definitely, um, it wasn't the thing that sort of sparked my interest in the film, but it was definitely, um, it was definitely something that was always in the back of my mind. I remember, I, I was in Vancouver um, that year uh, when that happened, and I remember like so profoundly there was like this very palpable bloodlust like throughout the city, and not just like in bar rooms where like people are like, oh, you know, we need to get back at, at Steve for the elbow on Naslin. You're talking about the first hit on yeah, Naslin. Yeah, 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 exactly for for Moore's hit on Naslin. Um, but like in in like the province and stuff, there were there were columns about like how the Canucks need to finally step up because they always get pushed around and, and this sort of thing. And you know, I, I have a ton of sympathy for Steve Moore. It's horrible what happened to him. Um, uh, but to me, it was so frustrating that Todd so quickly became the villain. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of the player. I love his game. Uh, and you know he played more, but his career was essentially over after that as well. And it was just always this really frustrating hypocrisy to me that everyone was like, "Oh, well, Todd's a monster." Uh, well, after and the like whole you said, been crazy for they wanted they wanted it. They just didn't want it to go that far. And so that's the that's something that I, I consider a lot in this film is us reflecting on our own like culpability in these type of situations as well. Well, and he's, he, like you said, he's fortunate. He got to continue playing, and yes, his career uh, took a downward traje- trajectory, uh, but it's not so. It's not the case with, uh, with Tyson, the character in this film. He doesn't 
get another million dollar contract, he just, his hockey career ends. It's just, he falls right off a cliff. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's fascinating because, uh, and we'll, we'll get to this eventually, but this, so much of this film is, in, seems to be inside of his head. So, so many of the framing shots are just shoulders up and, and I feel like he has less, almost less dialogue in this film than, than Matt Damon and Jason Bourne, like for the 23 words probably, or whatever probably, he had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder if you could just talk briefly about like uh, Jared Abrahamson, the, uh, the actor who plays Tyson and uh, his, his performance, uh, because he was uh, given an accolade with TIFF, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, he was chosen as one of TIFF's rising stars, which is this program that highlights young actors. Jared's great, he's like the type of actor, I come from a, like a small town in Alberta and Jared's from Flin Flon, he was like a minor and then a mixed martial arts fighter before he became, before he moved to Vancouver to be an actor. So he's like, I mean, there's, he's the type of actor I want that I can just throw in and especially for a role like this that is super physical. There's a scene where he like smashes into a car when he's drunk trying to, and he's locked his keys inside and like I just got Jared to do it. Like he cu actually cut open his wrist and we had to take him to the hospital doing it. So he's a trooper, <laughs> uh, my kind of actor. Um, and yeah, the performance is, it is quiet and it's very internalized because I wanted this, I wanted this guy to be painfully shy but I also wanted to like, I think in, in hockey movies there's a lot of tropes and cliches that we trade on that don't actually, that aren't, that make it not actually that reflective of the reality. And I didn't want, you know, he's not really a goon in it, but he is like sort of a grinder, third or fourth line player. I also didn't want him to be like stupid, like cast him as this sort of like dumb, dumb kid who doesn't know what he's doing and that's why he has this role. Um, but but he's cast in, not cast, but he's cast off in that yeah. way. Like he is, he is very much kind of shoved aside both um, by, by the town, by the town of Prince George, um, you know, and the team as this expendable player. Um, and, and that's what's, to be honest, that's what's pretty heartbreaking is that this is, this is a kid with ambitions. This is a kid, you know, w with a really intriguing personality, but he's literally just cast aside because of something uh, that he did that we haven't yet figured out or we never do figure out in the film um, you know, whether it was his intentions or whether it was, you know, th the coach's intentions. So it, it's, it's interesting as well that, that you would kind of give more light to a player that, that is, is really easily forgettable, right? Yeah, and like it's in those situations that it's, and that, it's something that goes across sports and actually even transcends into other things like the military and that type of thing. I, I mean, I think if I was making this in the US, I it would have been about college football or it would have been an, it said in the military. Um, and it's not always like we're looking at a really extreme case in this film, you know, for dramatic purposes and, and that sort of thing. But it's even, you know, if, if we want to look to look south to like college players in the US, like these kids, yes, they get scholarships, but they're essentially playing in a professional league. I'm sure college football makes a lot more money than the NHL does. Um, and, uh, and, you know, a teeny percentage of them are going to get through. Most of the kids who don't, it's they have such trumped up degrees because like they have to play like professional athletes so you don't have time to actually go to school. Like this is all the kid knew. Yeah, we exactly. see it afterwards. Exactly. The kid, if, if I, he goes to work in a slaughterhouse, like a fucking slaughterhouse, like that's as low. You the the know. film's a romantic comedy. Right. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's a feel good I, film. Feel that, good film of the year. The, the whole slaughterhouse sequence is, is, a, is a great metaphor because his career ends, it goes off a cliff. 
uh, and he has to get a job. Uh, and he's actually thrown out of the house where he's staying with a billet family. Uh, and I read about how that scene was difficult for you to write. Um, we only have a few more minutes. I don't know if we're going to get to the second. Let's clip. let's let's get to the clip. We got to show. We can, we can keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> or not? I don't know. Well, I'll I'll describe the clip because okay. there's a there's a scene where where uh, the character is watching. Uh, the newscast talking about him, talking about the hit and the suspension and the league and the team, uh, and it's all in dark. A lot of this film is shot in low light, which I understand is intentional. Uh, so yeah. as I'm watching the scene, as I'm watching the film, everything's in the dark, everything's close in on the character. I thought this film, not that I've, not that I've ever experienced an, an extreme case of a concussion, but this film almost looks and feels, or looks like a concussion might feel. Does that make sense to you? And and uh, yeah, and, and and that scene where where he is watching, uh, getting information from this newscast is, is fascinating to me because nobody talks to him. His coach doesn't tell him much. Someone reads him an apology letter that's going to be sent out for him. Everything's done for him, and the team erases any culpability of involvement in the situation and just lets him go. But and so he's watching this newscast alone in a room, uh, in the dark, and. He, he, he almost is, is reaching out for information and, and like he genuinely feels bad about what he did, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and a, a lot of that, like the claustrophobic way of shooting and the darkness uh, of the film uh, is, is to give this sense of weight of, of this sort of depressive feeling so that we can actually, because he's not an expressive kid and that's kind of his problem is that the only way that he's ever been taught to sort of express himself is through violence. He doesn't really have communicative skills at all. He's like, he's very sort of, you know, atrophied in that kind of way. Um, so in a formal way, you have to kind of then show the audience like the experience of what he's thinking and feeling in a much more visual way to actually communicate it properly. Like we've been saying, it is a very dark film and these kind of hits that take place both in, in Major Junior and in the NHL, these are dark parts of the game, but and yet these kind of hits are still kind of used in a way to sell the game. That kind of, you know, that kind of blood and guts violence is still very much part of a school of thought, you know, that, that people believe has a place in hockey. Um, but I think this film uh, raises issues about whether or not, you know, this, these kind of hits, the, the kind of damage that these kind of hits do. So I guess what I'm wondering is, is when you set out to make this film, because there are a lot of people that still believe these kind of hits have a place in the game, do you think it's, it's now, because very few people are talking about how these hits need to be eliminated for the game, do you think it's the role now of artists to kind of say, look, this is dangerous. You know, we, we can love the game, we can love the game of hockey, but if nobody else is gonna talk about it, then we need to start making films about it. Do you think it's the role of artists to, to kind of raise awareness about this? I kind of think it's like the role of everyone. And to me, like, to me, I, I didn't want to make a film. Like the film, in a lot of ways, isn't particularly even passing judgment on like whether violence is good or bad. It's more about like, it's more passing judgment on the institutions that leave people behind. Like I love the physicality of hockey and I don't know how I would fully answer, like in terms of talking about Todd, one of my favorite memories uh, is a series, uh, I forget which year it was in the playoffs when they were playing the St. Louis Blues and like 
Jackman and Pronger would, would not even look. They would just clear the puck back up all the time because they were afraid of getting hit by Todd, which allowed the Canucks to completely control the game. They were, like, terrified, and I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, I love that physical element of the game, it's a, and it's a big part of the DNA of the game. So I, I said this before. I think what is more missing from that conversation around, like, violence in, 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 in a lot of sports, it's not just hockey, is... <clears throat> is is just a bit more openness and ambiguity because they're like complex issues and I think that I was saying to you guys before I think like uh, violence in hockey can be like the gun control debate uh, in Canada it's like our version of it because I feel like people on both sides on like you should trademark that by the way right now (laughs) well people on both sides I think are, are responsible because like people are so entrenched on their opinion whichever one that is that there's just no room for an actual discussion and I think that like it's something that has to it has to you know be involved but I think again the biggest part for me is like us looking at like these people who then become disposable because of the because of this thing and and sort of looking at how the institutions and us as a public actually have a responsibility to take care of these people. I think that's more, because I think Derek Bogart is actually another like super interesting dude. That book, right. Boy on Ice, oh, yeah. is like tremendous, oh, yeah. tremendous book. So speaking of room for discussion, uh, we have to run. Okay. We do. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thank uh, you guys very much. Well, I'm and congrats sure. on the film. Uh, how can people watch the film down the road? It's, been, it's premiered this week. Uh, how can people see this film uh, and... Uh, anything else you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, for sure. The film's got one more screening Sunday night uh, at the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, I think it's sold out, but there are always rush tickets left if people want to rush the film. Um, we're playing the Atlantic Film Festival in Halifax, Calgary um, Film Festival and Vancouver Film Festival. And then Northern Banner, uh, which is a great a small distributor in this country, uh, is going to be putting out the film sometime in 2017. It's a great film. You should check it out. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us. It's been a blast. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Let's give it up for Josh and for Joe and, of course, for the film director in the house. Way to go, Kevin. Really looking forward to seeing it. Just a reminder, the film is called Hello, Destroyer. All right.